Customer service and collections is very important. You want to have that repeat business. You want that customer to come back to you. And you don't want to be like, oh, your collection specialist is rude. I think it's always, always start off with positive intent. Welcome to Collecting Thoughts, CNR Software's new podcast. We're your one-stop shop for digestible industry news, anecdotes, and advice as told by the boots on the ground industry leaders and subject matter experts. We'll be covering topics across the collection space, technology, and finance. I'm your host, Christina, and I'm happy to have you join us. Joining us today is Monique Cyrus, a collection consultant who works with administrative professionals, engineers, and doctors to educate them on best collection practices. She helps create various reports to track delinquency, generate collection correspondence, and aid in payment resolutions and negotiations. In her previous role at BCG, she worked as a senior finance specialist. Monique streamlined the collection process by implementing a shared service center, which improved BCG's North America Day sales, outstanding, and cash cycle. Additionally, she oversaw the accounts receivable operations. Monique earned a bachelor's degree in business administration from Virginia Commonwealth University and a post-baccalaureate in human resource management from the University of Richmond. Monique, thank you so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me. So before we jump into today's topic, why don't you first start out by telling us how you found yourself into the collections industry? Okay, so while I was at, um, in college at VCU, I worked at this bank called Central Fidelity. So while I was in college, I worked there part-time as a collection specialist. So um, it was a call center. So we would work on what we would call like a dialer. There were automated calls you would make. And then you would also answer and take incoming calls. So that's kind of how I got into that field of collections was just working part-time during college. Okay. And then I guess something stuck with you, right? That you kind of wanted to come back or revisit the industry? Yeah. Because after that, after I graduated, I worked at Stuntcom, which was a cell phone company. Um, as a finance service specialist, I still was doing collections. Then from there, I worked at what is now Bank of America. I worked in a mortgage in the servicing center as a collection specialist. So it kind of stuck with me. At one point, I did want to go into human resource management. However, I never went that path. Like I would have to take like a pay cut. And somehow, for some reason, I didn't want to do that. Like I would have had to start out with a, a human resources assistant. So it just kind of mm-hmm. stuck with me. And so it wasn't something I actually went to school for to be a, a collection specialist. Because I everybody in- does, right? We all are like, I'm going to go into collections. That's a dream. I want to be in collections. That's my dream job. So that's how I just got there by chance, I guess. Yeah. A lot of people, I feel like, found the path from mortgage to collections. I was in mortgage for five years before finding okay. myself here, too. So that seems to be a common link. So. I wanted to talk about today because you mentioned that you have a passion for the customer service side of things in the industry. So for today's topic, I wanted to discuss how customer service and great customer service can actually be used as a brand loyalty opportunity within the collection space, which is something that we at CNR Software write about a lot. And there's a lot of discourse in the industry right now, especially with consumer duty in the UK. But pretty much the idea is you want to make sure that a customer is experiencing the same great service all the way from onboarding, which is where it's easy, right? They're thrilled that you're on and you're signing a contract all the way to when it's not as easy as if they're going into some kind of delinquent debt. So do you want to just start off um, by talking about what about the customer service space interests you within this industry? 
Um, I think uh, like you were talking about, onboarding is important. So when you get a new client, just making sure that you have all the information, like if their invoices are supposed to be uploaded in a portal, making sure you have the proper contact information, make sure you're billing correctly. And I think also following up with the customer timely on collections is also part of customer service. So as far as me, like when I initially reached out to a customer, I never assume that they're not paying because you know, they just don't want to. I always start off with good intention. I know this sounds funny because I'm the collection specialist, but in Bristol, they are our customers. And it could be something as far as that they forgot or we didn't set them up correctly. Maybe it was something that's supposed to be uploaded in the portal. So I always introduce myself, hey, you know, I'm following up on this. You know, is there a reason why, you know, you haven't paid it? And they'd be like, oh, oh my goodness. Oh, I'm not the correct contact person. This is who you need to reach out to. Oh my goodness, of course, you know, I forgot to send it. So I feel like it's very important to keep that professional. You don't have to be, you know, mean or harsh um, with the customer in the early stages. Now, sometimes you do have to get a little sterner, like if it's getting past 90 days or so, you do probably have to take different approach. But it's always best when, especially like your first contact with that customer, if it's a new customer, you want to keep that same momentum as the sales rep have when they, when they met them. And like you said, onboard them. So I think it's like just not assuming bad intent just because someone didn't pay. You don't know, like maybe their company's having financial difficulties. You know, and you have to think about it too. If it's a long-term customer and they've always had good payment, payment habits and they're missing one invoice, you know, you want to find out what's the reason. Maybe they didn't get it, you know? So I think customer service and collections is very important. You want to have that repeat business. You want that customer to come back to you. And you don't want to be like, oh, your collection specialist is rude or, you know, they're, they're sending me to collections or something like that. So... I think it's always always start off with positive intent. That's how I look at it. Yeah, and that's a really good point you made about keeping the same momentum that the salesperson left off with them as because it can be very jarring. I mean, we're all consumers, right? If we had a great onboarding with a company that we really like and then suddenly we get an email or a call and it's not the same emotions that we're used to receiving from this company, it can be very like, whoa, and it's just going to make people run. People don't want to feel like they're doing something bad, especially like you're saying in the first co contact or two, like maybe they did forget. Maybe it got like if they got a bill in their email, it got sent to their junk folder. Like it could be a bunch of reasons. So that was a great point you made. And I think too, for me, I like to start off by calling first. And instead of sending an email, like you said, like an email could go to a junk folder. The salesperson doesn't usually introduce the collections person because <laughs> they don't expect you not to pay your bill. So I feel like the first, your first like initial contact should be to like pick up the phone and call and speak to that person and kind of introduce yourself. That's a very humanized approach because corporations can be it's it's kind of hard sometimes once you're not speaking to the salesperson anymore to think of a corporation anything more than like this big business entity and especially when you're dealing with something as sensitive as forgetting to pay a bill especially as they get more into that 30 60 90 days of delinquency the fact that you're connecting a friendly voice and an actual name with this situation that you're trying to help them solve all of these things can just help make the experience go smoother. 
Yeah, and I think too, like when like in my role as a regional business manager, I would have like monthly meetings to discuss problematic accounts. And sometimes it's also good to make sure that you're looping in the sales rep who initially got that contract or that deal to let them know what's going on because they also have a relationship with that client. So sometimes they can take the lead too and reach out to their client directly to kind of salvage, salvage that relationship to see what's going on if they also want to continue business with them. So I think it's good to keep like, you know, the billing, upper management, depending on, you know, the amount and the severity of the issue, you have to also provide internal customer service. I know we're talking about brand with the customer, but it's also to keep also good to keep your sales force in, in the loop of, of collection items that are going on too also. So you've got someone who's new to delinquency. Maybe it's their first time ever missing a bill or, or maybe you're familiar with the fact that they're always a couple of days late. So you send that courtesy call. What do you do when it starts to get towards that 90, that 120, like further into the delinquency path? How does your strategy start to shift? I get a little bit sterner. I look over like our terms and conditions. Um, I might reiterate that, hey, this is our terms and conditions. You know, I might say language is, hey, I happen to assess like interest charges at this time. Or I might even have a conference call with me, the sales rep and kind of get the client on the phone to see what's going on before we take a really harsh approach. I also sometimes I'll do like what you call like a DME report. I'll just pull their financials just to see if there's anything going on particular with the company. I also skip trace. So sometimes like if someone is unresponsive, that email might not bounce back. So I'll do some script tracing just to make sure that that person is still legit. And I usually, before I take any drastic measures, I usually like either get the consultant involved who's actually working on a project or the salesperson and I let them know what's going on. And then I do have to tell them my language to be a little bit sterner about, hey, like if you're not going to pay this, these are what the repercussions are going to be. But I prefer mm -hmm. like to get everybody involved, the sales rep, upper management, before I start sending out harsh emails like that. Yeah, makes sense. I feel like, you know, sometimes you do have to let people know like, hey, you know, we you exhausted all our attempts. The next step is to send you to outside collections. Sometimes that does trigger a payment because once you go to outside mm -hmm. collections, you're also responsible for the fees that we're going to approve um, for trying to collect those funds. So, mm -hmm. but I hate, I really don't really like sending people to collections, but sometimes you do. Um, sometimes you do have to be stern with your language, um, kind of negotiate payments. Sometimes there are instances where we would like settle in some of my current roles where we would actually write out of, write off a percentage um, and just negotiate just to be done with the issue. Like maybe there was a problem with part of the work product, not all of the work product that we provided. So in some instances, you can just make a settlement, write off a portion, you know, save your losses. Something is better than nothing. So, yeah. Especially once you hand it off to a third-party collection agency, going back to the brand loyalty thing, you're kind of like setting it into unknown waters because you don't know how that collection agency is going to react. And it's still, you know, the consumer doesn't care. They're, they see it all as an extension of this original company. So getting it handled within the, the four walls of the company, I feel like is definitely more ideal. Yeah, and, then, and you know, you... Sometimes you still want to salvage that relationship too with that particular customer or client. So, 
And for any of your collection efforts that you've done throughout your career, is there a specific key piece of technology that's helped you, whether it's maybe like an audio analytics platform or just any kind of technology that stood out to you? Um, in the past, I've used Tableau um, when I was at BCG. I just kind of liked the graphs, um, the different analytics that you can use. Like we created reports where you can see the average days to pay and also the reasons for delay. So we could basically, like we were documenting our stuff, we could put in notes and say, hey, you know, the reason this invoice was delayed was because of a purchase order. The reason this invoice was delayed because we sent it to the wrong thing. The reason, you know, so I like analytics like that. I think it's very important. Like when you say talking about brand loyalty, also to know how your client pays. Do they pay um, on 60 days, 90 days terms? Just know how your client pays because you can adjust the payment terms. And then also trying to figure out why is your DSO up? Why is this 90 day balance? Is it just is it something that we're not billing properly or is there something that we could do better? So I think it's always good to have metrics to kind of track the reasons for delays with your clients. And that also streamlines your processes and helps you collect faster. Now, certain companies like over worked in the past, if your purchase order starts with A, they go to this, this division. If a purchase order starts with B, it goes to this division. And sometimes like I love the sales team, but sometimes they don't get all the details. So um, you kind of have to kind of follow up and get that. And if you have metrics, like when you're having your monthly meetings about collections and show trends like, hey, this is why we're not getting paid on this. This is like the main reason, not getting the correct POs. We're not like it's a REBA or y'all, you know, charging like there's fees that is associated with this. This customer is supposed to be EDI, you know. So having metrics to speak to the reasons for the delays, I think other than just, you know, your day sales outstanding, like, I think it's important to know why your customers are paying late, especially in this environment. Um, like, you know, with recessions and stuff, it's very in important to know why your client is not paying their bills on time. Yeah. And that anal analytics piece you brought up is really good for not only brand loyalty for you helping the customer get to the bottom bottom of it or prevent future unnecessary delinquent, like short-term delinquent instances from happening. But from an agency loyalty standpoint, which I know is also a very big topic of discussion with such a high churn rate in the industry of agents coming and going, like the actual collections team, people calling, you want to make sure that the team is armed. I think having the proper like software documentation system is very important. Um, I feel like having metrics and stuff to make it easier, like just simple stuff like generating a statement, aut automation of sending out notices, notifying the customer. I think that's very important. Like, for instance, if you wait in a call center, how long does this customer have to hold? Like, you know, I think those are very important metrics to have because if you're, if I'm calling out and then the customer calls back and they have to hold to get somebody on the line, all of that is like not a, you know, not a good experience. Nobody wants to be holding long and I'm trying to pay a bill. <laughs> so I do think software is very important. Um, like when I worked at BCG, I love they, they had very high, like they used Altrix and they, you know, they track like different metrics. And I think it's important because it helps you kind of tailor to your customer base, right? Do you have any kind of story from whether it's like a tough scenario or just a unique collection scenario that you came across that you want to share? I think there has been tough scenarios where we have customers that, like I had a customer that was a longtime customer 
and um, we would make exceptions for them. Like we wouldn't let them have to pay all their their past due balance, but we would, you know, let them off credit hold. So basically with this company, if you went past due, they had a credit hold system. So we couldn't release orders until your account was current, but there is exceptions. And I think with this customer due to like, um, like with COVID and stuff, they kind of fell on hard times and they were not paying like they were supposed to. Um, and I, like I did, I from their credit, their DMB report. And unfortunately I could not take them off hold because they could not come up with enough money. And us as a company, we have to also, you know, look out for our bottom line. So that was a tough decision. I did not send them to collections, but I did work with them on a payment plan. Eventually they got back to where they were supposed to be. So we were able to continue business. So there are like hard decisions as, such as like not extending credit or sending somebody to collections. But I feel like that's just part of, you know, my job. So Monique, thank you so much for joining us today here on Collecting Thoughts. It was really great speaking with you today. It was nice talking to you, Christina, also.